Welcome to episode 1217 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. How you doing, my friend? Buenos dias. Uh, doing well, uh, despite a sloppy weather day. Uh, UCF went 3-0, and three uh, and so that's nice. Uh, Rays uh, did not pull off the sweep, so that's not nice. Uh, I was glad to be distracted by football yesterday because I saw the early performance of that baseball game, and I was like, glad I didn't cancel all my other plans to stay home and watch that game. Uh, because Friday, Thursday and Friday, amazing games. Uh, you know, especially if you're a race fan on Friday night, but Thursday night was a great game. And then yesterday, kind of anticlimactic. So going for the sweep, not sweep, but the series win today. Uh, but the Orioles have the tiebreaker. It's kind of weird saying the Orioles beat the Rays in a season series. It's been like since 2014 or 15 mm-hmm. that that's happened. Stupid ballpark change. Took away all the mojo. Careful, uh, so. <laughs> because uh, you talk like that any longer and you might get fired by the Orioles owner. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to lose any potential employment uh, opportunities. So yeah, whoops. All right, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, the rest of you guys, you guys can finish the podcast. I've said too much. All right. <laughs> well, joining us today is Tyler London of Backpick Fantasy Baseball. Tyler, how you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing great on this Sunday out in Southern California. A little gloomy weather, but you know, I always mm-hmm. like that. Uh, last night, watched uh, Arizona Cubs with my son. He's six years old, and it was that extra inning game. So it's just, like, super awesome to hear him asking all the questions and stuff like that and, you know, t- throwing the ball up in the air, like, with his toy bat and ball after the game, hitting it around the house, all stoked and everything. And my Buffaloes won last night, so I uh, stayed up, watched that game, triple OT, so that has me excited. And, um, yeah, I have a couple of semifinals, um, head-to-head matchups today that are going to conclude, and they're looking good in first place in those. So looking to secure a couple uh, finals matchups and some money leagues. So, um, yeah, just excited for the day. I, I've got my only head-to-head league is the sleeper in the bust uh, uh, listener league, and I am in the semifinals. It is tied or I think it's tied 5-5 right now in categories, heading into the last day against Luke, who's the number one seed. I backdoored my way into the playoffs, and I'm trying to pull off the upset. So good luck to Luke. I hope I beat you, but we'll, we'll see uh, We'll see what happens uh, uh, in that matchup. Good luck to everybody in their matchups this week in head-to-head leagues or if you're trying to chase down championships in Roto Leagues. Uh, I know I'm trying to chase down a few of those uh, as well. So... Uh, we're gonna yeah, talk. God's trying to do the same thing. Uh, my 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 uh, AL labor lead got up to seven. Is now down to two and a half because a couple of categories are really tight, and so I am really sweating it out against Jesse Roach uh, from the uh, There Is No Off Season podcast, Baseball Perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying we're to hold gonna, up. <laughs> we're gonna do our best to try to help everybody. Uh, some bad news to start off the podcast, though. Shohei Otani done for the season. Uh, this was really frustrating. If you had Otani on any of your rosters, uh, you know, obviously using him as a hitter. I know my TGFBI team, everybody on the podcast had a little bit of Otani somewhere. He had not played since September 3rd, yet they kept him active in the hopes that he was going to play. And he was in the lineup a few times and was scratched. Um, this was really, really weird. All of a sudden, he went into the locker room, cleared out his locker, and then there were videos of him you know, the next day in Japan. Um, clearly the end of Otani for this season. However, my question to you guys, I'll start with you, Tyler. Where would you be willing to draft Otani as a hitter only, obviously, because you won't be pitching uh, next season next year? Yeah, it, it depends. I think if he's 
his agent mentioned that he expects him back for, you know, the beginning of the year, but you know, we know that's just speak as of now we have to see, you know, where that surgery takes him in the timeline. I know Bryce Harper missed some time and I thought Bryce was a really good value uh, in certain types of drafts, if he was falling into the, you know, one twenties and stuff like that, but we're not going to get that type of discount on Otani, you know, someone who's a perennial, you know, first round pick, especially with the starting pitcher designation, but now that's gone. So I think you really have to look at where you assess him as a hitter, but also the risk that in lies that he might not be there the whole time. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, that I, I you know, take him in the first round, you know, over someone like a J rod or a Kyle Tucker or something like that. Um, I'm someone that if someone's going to miss some time uh, for sure, I'm probably going to want to fade in the first and second round. Um, but I think if, if I saw Otani sitting there in the mid second round or something like that, I'd think about it, but my gut would be, you know, to kind of avoid someone missing time. But if he's locked in before the season saying, Hey, he's going to be in there in April, um, yeah, as a hitter, I, I do have him as, you know, a top five player, you know, with that five cat upside. So all depends on, you know, I guess the reports and the clarity that we get moving forward, in my opinion. Jason, where are you at on Otani heading into next season? So I was looking at a timeline, you know, with Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper missed 100 and it took 160 days between his surgery, which was on November 30th or 23rd, and then his debut on May 2nd. Um, and you know, we've said it so many times in this podcast, just when, because a guy comes back at a certain date doesn't mean that guy is quote unquote back. I mean, he's back physically, but he's not back to 100% of the performance that we're used to seeing from that particular guy. And if you think back to Bryce Harper, uh, it took a while for the power to show up uh, with him. Like he was still hitting for average. He was still uh, accepting his walks, but the power wasn't there. And it took a while for that to come into play. So there is a decent chance, like if Otani has, you know, now that he's shut it down, he's in Japan, maybe he has the surgery now. Uh, and that puts him, it, you know, again, that's uh, two months earlier than if he were to have it this week. That's two months earlier than Bryce Harper had it. Harper missed one month of the season. So that would put an outside chance of Otani coming back uh, in spring training, enough time to get started with that. That said, if you're, if you're envisioning a full season of Otani, Let's discount the first month. Just, I mean, if it happens to Harper, you got some of that's going to have to happen to Otani. I don't care what kind of unicorn he is. Let's discount the first bit of a month. I cannot take him in the first round. I don't know if I could even take him in the second round. Uh, I'm, I, I need more of a, uh, and I took him in the first round of two different draft champions this year uh, as my eighth overall pick. Uh, and I'm going to win one of them. And I am going to, uh, I have an outside shot of winning the other one. He's been a huge part of it. But if I don't win the other one, it's gonna, he's a part of that as well because <laughs> I haven't been able to use him this month. Uh, that and the Mickey Moniak situation, almost the same thing, except they put Moniak on the IL finally um, with that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could take him in the first two rounds, but I have to just remind everybody again that just because a guy's back doesn't mean he is back back. He is physically back, but it takes time. And, and put a pin in that thought because we're gonna I'm going to apply that same thing to somebody else we're going to talk about on this podcast today. Yeah, I'm I'm very skeptical of, of what Otani is going to be early on in the season. And I think we want to be careful about using the Bryce Harper as a comp, right? Because Harper came back way quicker than anybody thought he was going to. I mean, the original Indeed. reports were going to be like, you know, mid to late June. And mm -hmm. Harper came back much sooner than that. Uh, you know, so I don't want to say like, oh, for sure, we know that Otani is going to be back at the start of the season, even if he gets the surgery this week. Um, so I, 
I think I'm likely going to be out on Otani at the price. Uh, my guess is, like Tyler said, it'll probably be a first-round pick. And I just hate spending a first-round pick on a guy that has some sort of injury issue. Um, and so, yeah, I'm probably going to be out on Otani, but I definitely want to wait to see what the news says um, as we start getting closer to drafts. But like, if you're if you're a sicko like me and you like to draft in October, uh, I, he will not be on any of my October teams. That that is for darn sure. All right, I'm, uh, say, I'm drafting November. Like I said, I've XFL in November. That's there you my go. First draft. <laughs> Uh, Tristan Cassis done for the year as well. What are your thoughts on Cassis uh, for next season there, Jason? Uh, I like he made quite a step forward. I mean, if you look at what how he started the season wasn't well, but, you know, the second he's looked excellent in the second half, uh, just looking like the guy that we were hoping he would be all season. It took a while for that guy to show up. Uh, but I was impressed watching what he's done here throughout the summer. Uh, and my expectations are you know where I want to put him. For you know, say November drafting. Although I had him uh, in XFL and I traded him, as I'm trying to you know, hold on to this to, to win that league. Although Ian Khan and Steve Gardner are pretty much in the driver's seat now, uh, but Cassis is one of the guys I traded early on to try to position that team for that. So it's going to hurt watching him perform well for another team. But I'm uh, more optimistic on Cassis now than I was even like say four months ago. What about you, Tyler? Are you uh, interested in Cassis for next year? Yeah, Tristan Casas has been one of my favorite players this season to pick up on. I think there was that dip early in the year where he came up, even as a highly regarded prospect, was sitting against some lefties, not putting it all together. And I think, you know, that's that's normal for people that come up adjusting to the MLB. And then he really hit his stride. His stat cast is super red. And I really think he has that, you know, 25 home run, 80 RBI, 80 run profile with even maybe more 30 home runs. Um in his profile too. And he's sort of that second year guy that I think you can get uh, in a draft that can probably lock in a top 80 value um, next year. So yeah, I'm really in on Tristan Casas and, you know, he's someone where, you know, like strand was getting a lot of hype when Casas wasn't playing as well, but I always thought Casas was the guy for, you know, first baseman rookie this year or one of the top ones. So I'm, I'm really excited about him, especially hitting in Fenway, especially with them starting him against more lefties. Yeah. This is interesting because I thought I was going to be more in on Casas. Uh, you know, like he showed some really interesting skill changes in terms of making contact in the zone kind of earlier on the year and was getting unlucky when doing them. And then he's the luck started to turn around. He started to play really well. And then the skills just kind of evaporated in the second half. I mean, we're talking about uh, a guy that dropped all the way down to 78% zone contact. And, and for context, like 85 is around league average. 78 is atrocious. That That is a guy who is swinging and missing way too much and not making contact in the zone. So I'm a little bit uh, skeptical now that Casas uh, made an actual change earlier on in the year. That he's actually going to be able to stick with. I think that may just been, may have been an aberration. So uh, while I, I, I mean, he's going to be a nice source of power, and I don't think it's going to be extremely expensive. Like I don't think he is ready to make that next big jump. Uh, and so he may be a guy that ends up on a few of my teams when he really falls in a draft. But other than that, like he's not going to be a major target for me. I don't think heading into 2024, which is like I said, surprised me because we. Like, I think Paul and I talked about him in, like, June. 
And I was like, I'm really excited about what Tristan Casas can do for the second half. And then he, he really kind of disappointed me kind of uh, with, with the lack of skills growth or, or holding on to the skills growth that he kind of showed earlier on in the season. So uh, we'll have to, we'll have to revisit that one in the off season for sure. Uh, let's uh, jump into fab. There are some interesting fab guys. A lot of the pitchers are two start guys or just have a really good start at this point. You should be playing matchups, right? Like obviously you're going to start your studs, but the guys other than your studs, you should be playing the matchups with. And some of these guys have some interesting matchups. Let's start with Marcus Stroman. who's coming off the IL. He's going to get a two start week uh, against Pittsburgh and Colorado. Both of them at home in Chicago. Tyler, are you interested in picking up Marcus Stroman? Depends on, on league size. I think if I was in, you know, a 12 team league and I needed an arm, you know, to make up some roto categories, wins, Ks, and stuff like that. But I've always viewed Strowman as sort of someone when he's pitching well as sort of like a, you know, middle class, little upper middle class asset, and that the upside per Ks per game really isn't going to be there. You know, he had a couple of those seasons with, you know, good whip, uh, good uh, ERA, but never like huge win seasons. Uh, I think he's like a stable arm. Like he has a semi-safe floor. He's someone that's been in the game for a while. And I think you can trust when he's ramped up. Um, but he's not someone that I typically run to specifically because of his K rate over his career. Jason, where are you at on Stroman? Um, on paper, this is ideal, but Stroman threw one inning of relief in his first inning. So I don't know what he's going to, you know, if this is a two start week, uh, but it, it, will he make enough? Will he pitch enough to get to two starts? Or will they, are they going to go six man rotation? They haven't said, unless I missed something, the Cubs haven't said if they're going six man rotation or if they're going to tandem uh, Javier Assad with Stroman as he comes back. So I'm not sure how much, how much Stroman's going to pitch in these. So on paper, this looks ideal, but that the, the risky, and this is where, you know, I like Tyler's points depending on league size. But if you're running, you know, off air, we were talking about my, uh, uh, one of my uh, draft and hold leagues where we have seven teams separated by three wins. It's like you, you, you have to take a shot. If you have the opportunity, if he's on your bench, put him in, take the chance, see what happens with that. But I'm a little pessimistic that he's going to qualify for wins um, in this based upon his first outing being one inning of relief. Well, I, I think part of that was it was an extra inning game and they were running out of pitchers. Like, okay. Uh, and so I didn't have that context. Yeah. So, um, I think they wanted to just – they were just looking for a guy to go throw. They had activated him off the aisle, and they're like, okay, we can, you know, use this almost like a bullpen day. Um, right. That that being said, he didn't – I don't think he threw any uh, minor league rehab assignments coming off of this. So um, – or if he did, it wasn't – it was like a simulated game or something, and I don't have that information. So uh, I do kind of share some concerns in terms of like, hey, how deep are they going to let him go – into games these are two premium matches we're talking about pittsburgh one of the you know worst offenses in baseball and then the rockies on the road after they just finished uh, another home series uh, against my giants who they're about to sweep somehow um which is just absolutely mind-blowingly frustrating but as far as strumming goes like I, if you're in a deeper league and he's available like i, I think you're gonna have a hard time finding some a two start this sweep to stream with uh, on a guy who's usually pretty steady in terms of giving you the opportunity to win. And the Cubs have been a good team this year. So I think in a deeper league, I would do it. I think in your 10s and 12s, though, I think I'd probably go somewhere else because I think there is a lot of risk in terms of how deep I'll go into the game. 
You're uh, you're right about the fact that he did not do a rehab assignment. All of the stuff was done in the uh, the complex league uh, thing. Uh-huh. But they also I'm looking at a particular article that said uh, on 670 the score they reported the Cubs are considering bringing Stroman back as a reliever once he's ready to throw, and Stroman was open to the idea. So perhaps the, you know, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I guess you know read up and see if anything's changed before you put in fabs or just. Go ahead. I mean, if you've got any fab dollars left, <laughs> just put something in yeah. and see what happens. Keep it as an uh, open option. In, in my main event, I literally have $2. So uh, it, I'm pretty much saving all of it for if there's an injury in the last week of the season. I, uh, so. I am out in labor. I spent my last dollar uh, swapping to trying to get something else, but I am out. So uh, thankfully, uh, you know, Cassis going down allowed me to bring up Bobby Dahlbeck because I lost Mickey Moniak and, Along with Taylor Ward, along with Anthony Rizzo, it's like no wonder my my lead is evaporating. Uh, and <laughs> so I was able to call up somebody uh, active, and it looks like Joe Adele may even come back. He's on a rehab assignment right now, so they may try to get Joe Adele back. And I, I'm still sitting on him too. God, that Angels lineup looks a lot different than it did at the beginning of the season. All right, let's uh, Salt Lake Bees. Salt Lake Bees fans are like, hey, I know those guys because uh, there's a bunch of them in that lineup now. Uh, next guy also has a two start. Uh, that is Jose Budo of the uh, New York Mets is going to be going at Miami at Philadelphia. Any interest there, Tyler? Yeah, Buddha. I was looking at his, uh, you know, minor league stats. Uh, seems like the the K's are there. Five hundred thirty-five strikeouts and five hundred forty-one innings, so about a K per inning. Uh, you know, his ERA whip in the minors, 3.86 and 1.25. So sort of like, uh, you know, middle ground there, but he's someone that I think, you know, has the upside and is sort of a mystery box that someone with those matchups I'd be interested in streaming. Um, don't have like any shares of him, not someone I'm running to add, but I think in the right league context where I need an arm and he's out there, he's someone that I'd look at. What about you, Jason? I'm leaning the other way. These are tougher matchups on paper. Like uh, maybe it's recency bias. I'm looking at Miami putting up an 11 spot on Atlanta yesterday, and I know it's a different Atlanta team now that they've clinched everything they need to really clinch. Uh, you know, so I'm looking at it differently. But that Miami team, it's it can be hit and miss. I've seen it struggle to score runs, and I've seen it just you know break out, uh, break out the bats uh, on everything. And then Philly, same type of situation. So these are tougher matchups for me. Uh, and so I would look for other options myself. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those uh, things where it's like if you're in a deep enough league, like a 15-team mixed league, where like the options are pretty thin, uh, you might take a gamble on this one. He does have a strikeout upside. The problem is he walks so many guys. He's walking like six per nine in the majors this year. Uh, and that's just that can be disastrous, especially against a team like Philadelphia that likes to walk and has a lot of power kind of up and down that lineup. That can be uh, that could be pretty scary. But uh, I know I've got a number of leagues where there aren't a lot of options. And so Budo may be one of the guys that I look to turn to uh, just to try to get a win if, uh, you know, if I'm win seeking. And if you're looking ahead, yeah, he's got he's got Philly the final. His, he's got a one start week next week, and it would be Philly again. So he's going to yeah, see the same thing twice. That 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 feels uh, less enticing than uh, it would normally. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about another two start guy, Drew Rom, who's been uh, not great at the major league level, giving up home runs, giving up walks, but he does again have a two start week this week. 
uh, versus Milwaukee. Uh, and then versus the Padres, Milwaukee been one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this year. Jason, any interest in Drew Rom? Uh that helps a, a little bit. Uh, and again, his third start, his last start would be against Cincinnati if I put that. I mean, these aren't terrific on paper, but the lefty issue is one of the things that's uh, that's helping out. And if you look at, I was looking at performance here in the month of September in Milwaukee uh, is 24th uh, by runs created plus offensively this month. So that helps. So I have more interest in Ron than I do in Budo, uh, just, be, just on the matchup situation. Because these matchups are, we're talking about the seventh best team in September, the 24th best team in September, and then Cincinnati is sitting uh, 19th. So th these are rather favorable matchups if you just want to play straight matchups here. There you go. Uh, Tyler, any interest in ROM for you? Uh, yeah, similar to Buddha, it is minor numbers 371 ERA. Uh, whip 1.31 so nothing you know that jumps out at you like oh you prospect I got to get this guy on my roster for sure uh, like Jason said you know the matchups are relevant right here uh, I just have a hard time getting into him uh, based on what he's done so far uh, this year with those inflated ratios but I, I do understand he's a guy that you know he k'd 532 guys for 150 innings in the minors. So I think if you're hunting for K's in a roto spot or, uh, you know, in a head to head format where you really need to match an opponent's volume and you need a two start week from someone and that's what's out there and there's not much else I could see maybe in that circumstance. But um, yeah, in general, he's someone that I'm avoiding. I was a, a little excited about him when he got, uh, I think he got traded, right? And then got, uh, you know, immediately put into the rotation shortly thereafter. So he was someone that I was, you know, looking into. Um, but, you know, more uh, wait and see for next year guy for me. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I just sometimes I know like at this point in the season, we're often just looking for any two start guy to throw out there. But uh, because we're trying to maybe try to sneak two wins or at least one. But often the good one start matchups are the better way to go. Uh, Rom's been a guy that's been homer prone, uh, walk prone. And while like I, I'm not like afraid of the Milwaukee matchup at all, the San Diego matchup could be really, really scary. So uh, I, I probably would pass on that. Let's, uh, let's talk about the last of the two start guys that we're going to bring up. That's John Means came back uh, in his first outing through five innings. It wasn't necessarily an amazing five innings uh, in, in that regard, but he now has a two-start uh, week this week. He's going to get at Houston, which is a bad start, and then at Cleveland, which is a pretty good start. Uh, Tyler, where are you at on John Means? Means is one of those guys that's been trustworthy over his career. I, I think he had um, you know that one year uh, where he went out there and threw a bunch of innings, uh, 1.03 whip, 36.2 uh, ERA. And I think he's a good pitcher. Like I really think Means is a good pitcher. Uh, I think he threw 79 pitches his first outings, and you know he's on a, a good team. So he's someone that for that second matchup, definitely I'm excited for. But I just don't know if he's stretched out that much where you really want to trust him in like a shallow league, like a 10 team league or something like that. But he's one of those trustworthy names on the lineup, where at least I know who John Means is. I believe, and I think I'd be comfortable getting means in there for that second start for sure. And if I needed volume, I could see myself going for the for the two starts. But I, I do think it's the end of the year. They're prepping up his arm to get stretched out for, um, you know, 
their hopes and everything like that. So for fantasy purposes, he, he can sneak in a five inning game, two runs, limit walks and, you know, give you something you need. So yeah, someone I'm, I'm interested in. What about you, Jason? So to your point uh, there, Tyler, the funny thing is they had a stat. They, they mentioned something the other day on the broadcast. The only pitcher on that entire staff who has any postseason experience in the rotation is Jack Flaherty. And he may not even make the team because Jack Flaherty has been complete ass since joining Baltimore. Uh, the, this was the other guy that I wanted to talk about, about being back versus being back. Uh, you know, means we all know that his bread and butter is the changeup. The changeup is a wonderful pitch. The changeup is also a feel pitch. And when you're gone as long as means has been gone, remember he got hurt in his first outing, first or second outing of last season. Uh, and so like timeline wise, he's, he fits well into the timeline that I've always proselytized. You know, wait 18 months, anything before 18 months, I'm out. Don't even talk to me. He's just about there. But the, the problem is I, what I don't like about these matchups is twofold. One, he's at Houston. So that leaves him susceptible to the Crawford boxes. And then he's got at Cleveland. Uh, and we're talking about a guy who just came off an outing where he had one strikeout. Uh, so right now he's in kind of pitch to contact mode against the team that that's what they do well. They hit the contact. They don't hit for power. They hit the contact. I don't like either of these matchups this week. Uh, and I'm out on that. But next week, he does have Boston. Uh, and it is in Baltimore. Boston will be playing out the stream at that point. They're, they may be trying to play spoiler and do what Baltimore did to Boston back in 2011. Thank you very much, Robert Andino. Uh, I will always love you for what you did in that game. Uh, so, you know, that. Uh, so that may be where things are. But I like means more about next week than I do this week because that could be one of those, oh, two-start week, let me try this guy out, and that could really be a, a ratio imploder on you. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Jason. Uh, I think I would much rather if these starts were at home, uh, especially if you've got to start at Houston. I think yeah. that one alone kind of takes him out of contention for me. I do like him for Boston next week. Like I said, it's going to be at home team that can swing and miss uh you know who knows what kind of lineups are going to be rolling out there uh, on that day anyway so uh but so if you're looking to stash him for next week i understand or if you're in a league with daily lineups right so where you can stat you can use them at the end of the week uh and avoid that houston start and then use them again next week i think i would write him up uh next guy on the list is not a two-start guy it is a one-start guy that's sawyer gibson long and if you think i'm talking about a law firm, I'm not surprised because this is not a guy I had any any knowledge about prior to him coming up and making his MLB debut, but he has been fantastic in the major leagues. We're talking about 10 innings over two starts, uh, and he has a 270 ERA, a .90 whip, and a 41% strikeout rate. Jason Sawyer Gibson Long gets the Oakland A's this week. Are you interested? Well, he's on a roll because you know he just faced the Salt Lake Bees uh, and got 11 strikeouts. Uh, that's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, these days. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's where he got 11 strikeouts. We were just making fun of that lineup, and then he goes out and and takes advantage of the situation. Uh, you know, we were talking off air, or maybe it was on air. I forget which bit, but you know, which Oakland team shows up? Oakland almost yeah. swept Houston this week, so it's not like they're a push. They can still do some things. It's kind of weird. That said, uh, you know, this is about as best of a one-start matchup that you could ask for and just have to hope it leads the other direction. But I, I have a little bit of a tough time putting a lot of faith in the numbers because that LA lineup is so bad right now. 
uh, with everybody with, you know, we got Trat out, we got Otani out, we got Mustakas out, we got Moniak out. I mean, all of these guys are out. Uh, Nito is coming back. Or Zach Nato, you know, he's coming back, but they've lost so much in that lineup. It's just they're clearly playing out the stream, and it's it's tough to watch. That said, I am certainly happy they're coming to Tampa Bay this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Tyler, where are you at on uh, Gibson Long? Is he a guy that you'd be targeting? I think if I'm desperate for a start, uh, I know I'm playing in some Yahoo leagues and he's one of the top increased guys because people are seeing that 11 strikeout game against the Angels and then the matchup against uh, Oakland. And like Jason said, I agree, you know, Oakland has some, you know, players in their lineup, uh, Geloff, you know, that can do some damage. And I think that it's hard really trusting a guy that's in the minors 445 ERA um, but he had 405 strikeouts and 338 innings in the minors. So I think there is some K per inning upside there, but I, I don't think, you know, the win contacts on the Tigers is that great either. So he's someone I'm lukewarm on. I think if you're in a deeper setting and you're looking for someone to get K's, he could rack up, you know, five, six K's in the game or something like that. But he's not someone that I'm, I'm running to the wire for in like a standard 12 team league. I, I think he's a pretty good streaming opportunity. You were talking about. Uh, an Oakland team that is the worst team in baseball, uh, and I, I've been saying all season uh, that he is uh, that Oakland is uh, maybe the worst team ever constructed, and by design, obviously, right? Um, you're getting that matchup in Oakland, which is a great place to pitch. Uh, you know, Gibson Long has been fantastic since coming up. I, I know both the matchups haven't you know been difficult going up against the White Sox and then going up against the depleted Angels roster, but I mean, the matchup screams like, hey, this is a really good opportunity here. I think he would be at the top of my list if I was looking to stream, uh, especially in 15-team leagues. But even in 10s and 12s, I think he's a guy that I'm targeting uh, this week in a lot of leagues. All right. Uh, Moving right along, uh, let's talk about Shane Bieber, who uh, is projected to uh, come back here. Uh, Any interest in Shane Bieber there, Tyler? What's his matchup? Uh, He's got Baltimore this week and St. Louis next week. Yep. Yeah. So I like Bieber as a pitcher. I think we all know it seems like he's taken a step back um, since his Cy Young candidacy and Cy Young years. Um, He's someone that was taking pretty good draft capital before his injury, but I think a lot of people had a lot of fears going into it. And with him missing this amount of time, He's someone, you know, I have above means in terms of like status as a pitcher for sure. Still, like I think Bieber might be a good draft value next year uh, with like a big dip that's going to come up if he's able to stay healthy. Uh, Down the stretch, he's someone that I would use, I think, in a 14 team league for sure. And even like a 12 team or 10 team league uh, just based off of, you know, his pedigree. Um, but I do think he's taken a big step back and I've really sort of lowered him a tier or two in my assessment of Shane Bieber. Jason. I was trying to take a, a Cardinal just landed up a bird feeder outside my window. And I was going to say, that's a sign. Uh, stay away from Bieber. Uh, in all <laughs> seriousness, the, uh, he, these two matchups, these are two offenses that are in the, the top half of the league for, uh, offense in the month of September. So these are two above average offenses right now, uh, against the guy that I have, uh, been avoiding most of the season. These matchups don't want to make me uh, change that situation. So I'm recommending folks avoid Bieber uh, for these final two matchups. He did come back. His last start, uh, hit rehab start, 
struck out four, was charged with two runs, one earned over three and two thirds on Tuesday. Uh, so if he comes back, uh, it looks like he'll be in the early part of this week. But I'm I'm avoiding Baltimore is just still too scary. Yeah, and I just don't know what Shane Bieber we're gonna get. Uh, and I mean, I, I've been a kind of a Shane Bieber hater for for a long time, and uh, it hasn't worked out well until this year. But uh, so I'm not gonna take a, a victory lap after taking a lot of losing seasons on betting against Shane Bieber. But uh, I just I don't know how deep he's going to go in the game. I mean, Cleveland's obviously out of the playoff race at this point. Are they even going to really push it? With they're not anymore? eliminated. I mean, aren't the, they, though? The sad part of it, they're not eliminated. That's the yeah. sad part. They're officially they, they, not eliminated, even though they are comfortably three games behind the wild card. Uh, but they are officially not eliminated yet. They, they, could be, they could be by the time we get to his start, which is projected to be on Thursday. So, um I, yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from from Shane Bieber, uh, and I'm probably going to stay away from him next year as well. Like, you know, I I worry that he's going to need Tommy John at some point, and, or he's uh, going down the Corey Kluber path to retirement. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I'm probably staying away from Bieber short term and long term. Let's talk some hitters. Josh Young, who was thought that he could be back earlier this week, now going uh, pr- uh, potentially going to be back early next week. Uh, any interest, Jason, in a Josh Young? I am putting him back in my TGFBI lineup as we speak. So that tells you how, my interest in that. I mean, the matchups, he's got uh, a series against Boston, a series against Seattle at home, and then they finish the season at Anaheim and four at Seattle uh, for the situation. So I need him back in the line. I've been starting uh, – plugging the utility hole however I can uh, in that particular league. And the Texas offense truly hasn't been the same since Young went down. I mean, they have been a lot, mostly a lot of miss. I mean, this was an offense that was out of control uh, and then it started struggling. They have been a sub 500 team since now that, you know, Jonah Heim's been back. It certainly has helped. That guy's been driving things in. So now in the month of September, you know, they have the fourth best offense by runs created uh, behind Tampa Bay, the Dodgers and, uh, the barbs. Uh, so, you know, that's where, that's where things are right now with them. So that they're catching their stride again. Maybe that's because they also took Adolis Garcia out of their lineup by, by injury. Cause man, he had not been the same player in the second half. So uh, I'm, you can't tell by the sound of my voice. I'm excited to get young back in my lineup here down the stretch. Cause these are good matchups and the offense appears to be catching a stride again. What about you, Ty? Are you interested in picking up Josh Young? Yeah, if he's out there and I need some offense, especially, you know, third base, you know, could be somewhat of a shallow position depending on who you have in your lineup. Uh, I think Young is a real four-cat guy. That lineup, like Jason said, has been up and down, but we really saw what they did earlier in the year when they were really hitting stride, just putting up monster numbers where you could pretty much plug in a lot of those players, even like Leody Tavares, just anyone in that lineup. And, and now we've seen, you know, Mitch Garver, sort of hit his stride. So they, they have a lot of upside in that lineup still. And wow, Se- Seager this year really just put it all together. But back back to Young, I, I saw him go in top 100 in some second half redrafts that I was in. And I think in a third base position, um, he's someone that for next year, uh, ho- ho- if you believe in him, you're thinking I can get you know 25 home runs, 85 RBI, 85 runs, and just hope the batting average is serviceable and it's been good this year so you know guys like that when their batting average is that fourth cat is playing are really attractive and the the hitter matchups look pretty good so yeah i'd be in on him if he was available and if i needed that you know positional uh ad 
yeah, he was one of my favorite targets in draft season. Uh, he's going to be one of my favorite targets uh, this week. I'm bummed that I had to drop him in a number of leagues where I drafted him uh, because I just figured he was probably going to be out for the entire season, and I couldn't even hold him if I had known he was going to be back for the last two weeks of the season. So, But if he's available in your league, go out and get him because, uh, I mean, this is a guy who's got a ton of power. It's a great lineup, uh, and he's playing really, really well prior to going down. So uh, definitely should be a huge target for you. Uh, Josh Young of the Texas Rangers. Uh, another third baseman that might be of interest in deeper leagues where, again, people are running out of options is Josh Donaldson. I I thought he was done. I, I like I literally, when the Yankees released him, I was all like, oh, this is the end of Josh Donaldson. He's going to retire. He signs a minor league deal with the Brewers and has worked his way into that starting uh, lineup. Tyler, any interest in Josh Donaldson? I typically shy away from guys that have this type of BA floor. Uh, however, in a roto setting, I think if I'm looking for home runs, uh, like I was talking to Jason before this, his home run per game upside, his whole career has been there. Uh, he has that 30, 40 home run uh, per 162 game stop profile in his history. I just think you're going to really be susceptible for some one for 12 series with strikeouts, two for 12 series or so. Uh, I'm not in any points leagues, but I know a lot of people are with, you know, K's and stuff like that. So he's someone that I typically avoid. But if I'm specifically needing home runs and I have some batting average to play with, he's someone that I think can be added for, you know, hoping to add some home runs down the stretch. What about you, Jason? Any interest in Donaldson? I mean, the matchups are nice with with eight games against the Cardinals uh, and the pitching staff, and he's got uh, three at Miami, and then he's got also three against the Cubs. So the matchups are very favorable for his particular skill set. Launch. <laughs> That's what, so as Tyler was saying, if he, you know, if you're looking for home runs, if home runs are tight, it's a counting category you can kind of stare at and look and be like, cool. I mean, it, with the final two weeks of the season. It, you know, batting average is not going to move that much. So, you know, take that risk unless you're in one of those where it's like you're 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 down to the the thousand decimal point uh, and type of thing. But batting average is not going to move. You, you can stare at your categories, counting categories, see where things are. Uh, and these matchups and ballparks are very favorable for Donaldson's particular skill set, which is elevate and celebrate. Yeah, I mean, Donaldson's one of those guys. He's got power, and he's also for those of you playing on base percentage leagues or get points for walks in a points league. Uh, he, he walks. He walks a ton. He's walking at a 24% clip since being activated uh, by the Brewers. Also striking out at that same 24% clip during this time. So I think he's going to play every day. This is a Brewers lineup that doesn't have a lot of pop. Uh, I think they're going to give him a lot of opportunity to play as long as he's healthy. Of course, if there was a longer, longer time left in the season for Josh Donaldson, he would likely not be healthy for most of it because that's kind of what he's been. But two weeks, hey, man, that he, I'm sure he can stay healthy for two more weeks uh, before the playoffs. So uh, deeper leagues, yes, if you're looking for power, looking for on base, uh, he's a guy that I'd be targeting with that this week. I know for a fact I will be targeting him in a couple leagues where home runs might be the difference between uh, me winning a league or losing a league. So. Uh, Zach Neto has been activated from the IL. Uh, he was a guy that was starting to put things together, a really young uh, prospect for uh, for the Angels that they, they got aggressive on. Uh, I think he's going to be their everyday shortstop kind of moving forward. Jason, any interest in Zach Neto? Yeah, he's playing every day, uh, and that's pretty much all I want at this point. He's going to have 12 games, three at Tampa Bay, three at Minnesota, three at home versus Texas, and then closing the season out in Oakland. 
So he should not only be playing every day, but hitting high in the lineup. So he could give you maybe another 50 at bats, uh, you know, before here between. Yeah, that's right. 12 times. Yeah. Roughly 50. Let's, let's say he gets a fifth plate appearance. So, um, you know, that's where he maybe 50 plate appearances rather than 50 at bats. Uh, but I've been impressed with what I've seen from Zach Neto this year. And, uh, yeah, uh, so that's somebody I want to get in my lineup. Unfortunately, I did drop him in a couple of leagues because I didn't know what he was going to come back, and I needed the bench spot. So um, I'm going to have to go back and pay for him again. I paid for him once already this season. I may have to pay for him again tonight. What about you, Tyler? Neto really excites me. He blew through the minors, good batting average per game, good stolen base per game, and I think he's someone down the stretch in this sort of silly part of the season that – uh, could take off. I know, you know, so far his batting average this year hasn't been as good, but I think that Angels lineup, someone's going to have to step up. And if he's getting regular bats down the stretch, I think he has the minor league profile and pedigree that if you're looking for an upside grab, uh, he's someone in there. And I, I really always am attracted to adding players that in the batting average and steals cats um, are there. I play in some head to head, you know, leagues still weekly, daily moves and uh, his stat profile is, you know, a bit more unique than your, your typical low batting average guys that home runs. Um, and yeah, he's probably going to be hitting in some decent lineup spots, getting some opportunities. So yeah, I, I like the player for sure. Yeah, he's been hitting second uh, in the five games since he's been back. He's he's hit second every time. Yeah, if you need runs scored, like right now is the time to go get Zach Neto because he, like Jason mentioned, been in second in that lineup. I know it's not a good lineup right now. You have no Trout, no Tony. Uh, maybe Trout makes it back before the end of the season. I know there was there was talk that he was trying to return before the end of the year, but uh, any guy batting first or second in a lineup uh, consistently is a guy worth picking up, especially if you're looking for runs right now. And like I said before, like Neto was a guy that was starting to turn things around after kind of a slow start to his major league career. Uh, and, you know, this was an advanced hitter when they draft him out of college. So uh, I think Neto is a guy that, especially in your 15-team leagues, but even in some 12s, might be interesting uh, as a guy who can help you with runs scored and maybe some batting average as well. All right. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Chris Bryant, who finally made his way back from the IL. Uh, he's going to be available in probably some shallower leagues. Uh, Tyler, any interest in uh, Chris Bryant? Yeah, any any games that he's playing in Colorado, he, he's someone to look to stream in if he's available. Uh, you know, even guys like Montero um, are being added, and Chris Bryant has the replicated history. You know, ex MVP, and he he hasn't really had that takeoff yet in Colorado. You know, with the injuries and things like that, but it, I, I think he could get hit fire down the stretch because he has it in him. Although I do think he's regressed considerably at this point in his career but i think he's a he's a stable floor bat um that can give you you know decent four cat coverage so yeah chris bryant someone especially in the colorado games i think is someone that i would trust to add in there where, where i need his positions yeah and the rockies are home all week this next week uh before finishing the the season on the road all week Jason, oh, where are you at? I must have oh, backwards. Yeah, oh, no, you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah, they're on the they're road there. all week, and then they're at home for the last Yeah, season. they're at San Diego and at Cubs, so nice homecoming there, opportunity for Bryant. Uh, the, Matt, the the Cubs part would certainly – let's call that like Coors Light uh, this time. So it's like he's got <laughs> nine favorable ballpark conditions. So, yeah, I'm interested uh, with Chris Bryant. The, the Padres series, meh, but the rest of the, the, rest of the way – 
that's all fine and dandy for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, he's a guy that you don't usually find guys like with his talent level on the wire. And I know he's been really disappointing to people who drafted him. But at this point, you throw all that out and you go, if I need some power right now, a guy who's going to play every day, you know, and play a full week in Colorado to end the season. Uh, yeah, Chris Byron's the guy that's going to be near the top of my list. Uh, now, if you are in like a head-to-head league that finishes out next week, you may not want to pick up Chris Bryant, right? So uh, I know like the Super in the Bust head-to-head league, right? We're going to be doing our championship next week when they're not in Colorado. So he would be a guy that I would pass on in that uh, in that sense. But in, in the majority of leagues that play all the way out through the end of the season, then I would uh, definitely be in on Chris Bryant. All right. Uh <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about Sedane uh, uh, Raffaella, who is a top prospect for the Boston Red Sox. Those of you who listen in the preseason might remember Paul and I making fun of him because we had no idea who he was. But he is now up and ready to uh, contribute. He is a high-impact prospect for the Boston Red Sox. Jason, any interest in Raffaella? If he keeps hitting leadoff, uh, yes. I mean, you're looking for playing time. And when you looked at when I was checking their – uh, you know, checking their lineup. He is, when you look and see what's out of the Boston lineup, when I check Raffaele, he's out there playing every single day. Uh, he has hit leadoff. He didn't play Saturday, but he's played one, two, three, four, five of the last six games, shortstop at one of them, and has hit leadoff in every one of those games. So, yes, I mean, I saw uh, some of his game when they were playing Baltimore. Uh, the athleticism certainly is nice uh, with that, the fact that he can play both of those spots. So, yes, I'm interested because – you know, we already talked about how this lineup is trickling down and the fact, you know, Trevor Story's hitting seventh uh, with this situation. Uh, but yeah, I give me, let me have Rafaela and his ability to uh, move on the bases once he can get on base. But I love the fact that when he's, when he's in there, he's hitting one. Where are you at on Rafaela there, Tyler? I'm excited about him. Uh, similar to you guys, he's someone that I had to dig into earlier this year when I saw, you know, his rise and everything. And, his success has been there and is, you know, 45 at bats. He already has a steal, a couple dogs, and uh, he stole 115 bases in the minors and just under 1,700 at bats with 60 home runs in that time span. So he, he's running at about a, you know, 20, 30 pace in the minors. And, you know, there's a reason he's a, a top prospect. And yeah, hitting leadoff in Fenway, sign me up. Yeah. If you're looking for batting average, definitely look somewhere else because, I mean, while he's got a 333 batting average right now, his XBA is 220. Uh, he's striking out 36% of the time. But there is some power, I think a, a fair amount of power, maybe league average, something like that, but a ton of speed. And if he's going to be leading off in front of guys like Rafael Devers in that lineup, then you're going to want to add him on your team. There's going to be run scores, going to be stolen bases, maybe a few more home runs. Uh, just don't don't look at that batting average and go, hey, like, oh, I'm going to get batting average too. You're not. You're not going to get batting average, I think. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he drops down the lineup. But with only two weeks left in the season, Boston's not playing for anything. They may just let him just run out there, uh, even if he starts to struggle at some point. So, uh, yeah, Rafael is a guy that I would definitely be targeting. Uh, let's finish out with Heston Kershad, who got called up after the Mountcastle injury. Um, and looks like he might be playing every day as well. Kerstad, former second overall pick in the 2020 draft. Where are you out in Kerstad there, Tyler? 
hit over 300 in the minors and top you know 85 prospect pretty much consensus and he's in there so he's in that range of has the pedigree uh did it in the minors came up given the opportunity so if i need the positional flexibility and have some space for a bat uh and need someone with good contact skills like that i, I think he's interesting uh and you know baltimore has a you know strong offense at times uh, and like you said, with Mount Castle out, the opportunities there. Uh, so he's a fun one. You know, he, he's a fun kind of like I use the term silly season kind of add to get in there. And, you know, he's been a known pedigree guy, too. So um, it's why not. What about you, Jason? Any interest in Kirsten? No, not, and that's not any fault of his. I mean, I agree with everything Tyler said to the pedigree. I mean, this was also a guy that was an extremely accomplished college hitter at Arkansas. Uh, you know, in one of my home AL leagues, we're allowed to draft anybody in the, in the reserves. Uh, but if that guy gets taken in the draft to an NL team, you lose him. So every year I'll spec on one college kid. And this was the kid I took in uh, 2020 when he came out and landed with Baltimore. Sweet. Ended up trading him last year to try to, to try to win a league. And so he's on somebody else's team. Uh, big power potential. Love it. Uh, but the problem I have right now is he's only started one game. Uh, and so he had, he had a big home run in that one, but he's been up four games now with Mountcastle out, and he's only started one of them. He's not even in the lineup today. Uh, they're doing the whole Sunday catcher. So James McCann's in there, which means Rutschman's DHing, and Kierstad is first base. So they're not going to bench O'Hearn uh, with his the way he's hit. Still, that guy's still not real. Um, you know, that MFer's not real. Uh, that lady from the plane, uh, the guy's been killing me all year. Uh, so it's, but yeah, Kirstad is, has been benched. He hasn't not been in the lineup. And this is a deep, and they, they have Aaron Hicks on, uh, on the bench today as well. And he's productive. So, like, they have a lot of depth on this situation. Uh, and I'm just concerned how that's playing out. The rest of their schedule, they've got three at Houston, four at Cleveland, two at Washington, and four at Boston. Uh, I would assume. Uh, if they if they can like say win today and then take advantage like maybe in the final week he may get more playing time but right now I'm having a tough time seeing how he's going to get every day at bats and if, you know, in the leagues that I'm still competing in and I'm assuming this is the same for everybody else every at bat counts and I need to put a guy out there that I can use in six games versus a guy who may play six games and only start half of them. Yeah, I think I tend to lean towards Jason on this one. I just don't know where the playing time comes from. Love the long term. Like, Love the kid yeah. long term. Uh, yeah. Just in the in immediate future, I, I'm seeing a problem where you know Mountcastle has not been IL'd, so it's a day to day situation. And then when Mountcastle does come back, if if they don't, if they're not pulling an Angels Otani Moniac, uh, you know, an Angels situation because they try to have a guy play through a fractured fibula, right? Uh, with, uh, with with Rendell, when Mountcastle comes back, this looks even worse. Yeah, I, I just – I the hard part with Baltimore, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do in the offseason. They just have so many bodies. And, like, they're all good, useful bodies, but they can't be good and useful if they're all playing part-time. And uh, I assume they're going to make some trades at some point and maybe move some of these young hitters uh, for some uh, either young pitching or established pitching. Uh, but that – won't be more uh, clear until next year. And so a guy like Heston Kerstad, I just worry he's not going to play enough down the stretch. There is power in a DFS uh, kind of situation or daily moves lineup. Oh, yeah. Bench is like, I totally get it. Like, hey, he's in the lineup today. I need a little bit of pop. I'll take a gamble on it. But I just worry that he's not going to have enough playing time down the stretch to really move the needle. 
Yeah, yeah. With that playing time concern, yeah, coming up, yeah, definitely. You know, I would, I'll, I'd sh- shift my answer. I mean, maybe in a daily spot where it's a Sunday and he's starting, and you're having extra ad or something. But yeah, no, I agree. All right, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Nice to meet you. And yeah, l- learned a lot of, about how you guys process. You know, fantasy baseball is you know amazing and. uh you know, I'm excited to join those NFB uh, C leagues next year and, you know, those 15 team two catcher leagues and, you know, compete with a lot of guys that are, you know, also writers in the industry and stuff. So it's been a great intro. Nice. Well, awesome. we'll definitely need to make sure you get you in TGFBI next year. Uh, what do you remind everybody where you reach on social media and then talk about everything you do? Yeah. So um, I run a, a Twitter handle at Backpick Fantasy. Uh, look at a lot of, uh, standard league ads sort of for major platforms uh 12 team leagues uh look at some drops and things like that do a lot of 7 14 day stats trying to hit fire at the right time and then i'm on www.sportsethos.com i write a bullpen call article every week looking at hot ads um you know for saves holds also ratios and k rates to add in there and then on sundays i, I drop a hot ad article for sports ethos as well um, yeah, and I'm, you know, in the works of getting a Sunday podcast going to uh, with Sports Ethos. So, yeah, ne- next year is going to be really good. I only got into writing uh, this season uh, for a platform. So, you know, the, the sky's the limit. And, you know, really appreciate you having me on, Justin. It's, you know, always nice getting face to face with some people from the industry and, and learning about all this. Absolutely. Absolute pleasure to get to talk to you again. I got to talk to you on Joe Rico's uh, trade deadline uh, podcast live stream, uh, which was a lot of fun as well. So definitely go check out Tyler over there on Twitter and over there at Sports Ethos. Jason, where can people reach you at and what are you working on? Uh, you can find me on various platforms. If you go to link linktree.com or link. You know, there's a link in the podcast now. Let's go there. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Twitter, you'll see that my Twitter profile is closed, but there's the link to Linktree. So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, if you're interested in Blue Sky and want a code, reach out to me. Somebody did. You know, Jason, nice to nice to hear from you again. Uh, one of our listeners reached out to me and uh, asked for a code, and he's in and, and participating over there. Uh, so if you, I have, I think, one code left uh, right now, but they come like once a week. Uh, but um, all the other platforms even wrote something at medium.com about outs on the basis. Uh, and then I'm starting the accountability c- uh, series over at Rotowire, my collect calls column, looking at uh, where I went right and where I went wrong on bold predictions. So starting with the uh, the hitters right now and then moving on to pitchers before we get into full offseason mode and start uh, doing all that. And you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB or any social media platform, Justin Mason FWFB, uh, writing daily at Fangraphs and two days a week right now over at fantasy pros uh that is going to wrap us up for this episode for tyler jason myself thank you for listening a fantastic baseball season good luck guys